back from TDY. Yeah. I think Miss Chris shouted the loudest. Hallelujah. All right. Come on. So we're certainly glad that he's here. And, and uh, we just, we just, uh, just excited about that. I believe she's more excited than any of us. <laughs> Come on. I know that's right. Amen. <laughs> well, go ahead and raise your hand up if you're wanting a, a handout this evening. We will definitely get that to you. We are continuing our, our series. The first time we, we talked last week, uh, Wednesday night, we began with a message that's called push. Say push. Say it again. Push. One more time. Push. And that means press until something happens. We have to press in until something happens in our lives. Can you say amen? amen? So we just want to recap just a little bit. We shared on last time that our focus is simply this, forgetting the past and reaching for the future. We have to forget the past and reach. Say reach. That's right. And we gave you Paul's purpose statement, which is found in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. And it says, Brethren... I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things, say those things, which are before. And here's how he said we must do it. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, we talked about that there is a nature of forgetting. Because I know many times what happens, things that have happened in our lives, things that people have done, or even things that we have done, we say, man, it's just hard to forget. But there is a nature of forgetting. And it's simply this, as we're recapping, when you and I, when we cease to let things that are in our past overshadow the present, we have to cease. In other words, we have to say, that's enough. Enough is enough. I'm not going to let the past overshadow my present. Can you say amen? amen? And I love this part. We also mentioned that there is no way that we can undo what has been done. Come on, isn't that the truth? We can't. What's done is done. But we can, we can take that chapter and say in our lives, it is closed. Let's close that chapter in our lives. And then I talked about last time, you know, maybe... Sometimes we live life, uh, we have lived life with regrets, and we use this, this term or these words, if only. Now, how many have ever said, if only? If only. Oh, yeah. See? If only. But thinking, if only I had been faithful, things might be different. Or if I stayed by the stuff, you know. Or, man, I wish I didn't give up too soon. All right? Okay, I understand that. But what happens is this, these, this type of thinking will only paralyze us. It will stop us from moving forward in life and pressing toward the mark. These are things that we talked about on last week. And then we said this, that we cannot move forward if we're looking backward. Now, I don't know about you in driving. Some of you probably can do this very well. You know, some can. They're driving, man, and, and you're in the back seat, you know, and, 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 you know, they're driving, and they're looking at you while they're driving. That is not good because they cannot see where they're going. 
I'll have to tell you, when Betty and I, when we first met uh, Pastor Swan, I'm going to tell on him, he's not here. When we first met Pastor Swan, and we, we went somewhere, we're driving a long distance man, and he's just talking away. And he's turning around, and he's looking at us. We're like, uh, Pastor, Pastor, you need to watch the road. You know what I mean? And he looked forward, and he looked back. And we're like, man, is this how he drives all the time? Yes, that's how he drives. So I'm just letting you know, if you get in the car with him, how many has ever driven with him anywhere? Okay, just me. All right, that's a good thing. No, I'm just joking, just joking. But check this out. Notice that the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. So guess what? We need to pay more attention to the windshield. Am I right about that? Because it's bigger, so we can see where we're going. But a lot of times, we spend so much time looking in that little mirror. Wow. Come on, we got to move forward. Can you say amen? And then this other thought. Your enemy wants to discourage you. Know this family of God. You and I, we have an enemy. We have an enemy. And the enemy wants to discourage you by accusing you of things that Christ has already forgiven you for. He's already forgiven you. So, and we know this, that as we're forgetting the past, we cannot do this on our own. We need help from the Lord. Can you say amen? And then we said this, because it's not only negative things, but we have to watch it that we don't camp out even on our successes, our accomplishments. Because what happens is this, our past accomplishments generally cause us to stay in the past too long. Well, let me explain it this way. The Pittsburgh Steelers, we know they won the championship. But do you know that this year, going into this year, they cannot look back and say what we accomplished last year if they want to win this year. Am I right about that? Because there's going to be new personnel, new coaches, I mean, new defensive schemes, offensive schemes. Imagine if they just said, you know what? We won last year, so let's not even practice. Let's just show up. What do you think is going to happen? They ain't going to win, I'll tell you that. Well, you say, well, how do you know? Well, ask the Celtics. Come on now. <laughs> think about it. They won last year. You know what? They barely made it. Out. No, they made it through the first round. They got beat in the second. Ooh, they didn't plan on Kevin Garnett getting hurt. Come on now. See? So guess what? They have to wait till next year. All right now, so I'm just telling you, gang, we cannot thank God for the wonderful successes that we have received, we have accomplished. I thank God for that. But we can't just camp out there because we'll stay too long. And we don't want to stay long. Can you say amen? So don't be a prisoner of your past. Don't be a prisoner. And lastly, how do I forget? Each day requires new effort. Yesterday's gone, baby. Today is today, and it requires new effort. So I just wanted to bring you up to speed. Are you ready to get into our our thoughts for tonight? All right, this is part two. Push, simply press until something happens. In your notes, it says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There is a high calling of God in Christ that he's calling all of us to step up to. In other words, what he's saying, I believe Paul is saying to us, give it your best shot. Give it your best shot. Give it everything you've got. This is what he's saying. And have a strong commitment to finish. Let's finish what we start. Can you say amen? All right. So look at the definition of the word press. This simply means this, to act on with steady force or weight 
to push against. To press means to push against, to squeeze, compress, and etc., and etc. Well, the verb here, I press, means literally to follow after. I'm following after Christ. I'm following after Christ. I admire Paul. And the reason why I admire Paul, think about it, man. Paul did not quit. He did not turn back. Paul did not give up. He did not throw in the towel. But he could have. And what I love about you is that you're not quitters. You're not going to give up. I said you're not going to throw in the towel. Amen. Come on now. We're not going to look back. We're going to press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? All right. Here's our focus for tonight. A call to continue. We must continue. We must continue. Say continue. I love this quote by Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays. Listen to this. It says, it must be borne in mind that the tragedy of life doesn't lie in not reaching your goal. The tragedy lies in having no goal to reach. It isn't a calamity to die with dreams unfulfilled, but it is a calamity not to dream. It is not a disaster to be unable to capture your ideal, but it is a disaster to have no ideal to capture. It is not a disgrace to not reach the stars, but it is a disgrace to have no stars to reach for. We're talking about pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Think about this. Have you ever stopped to think about who you are? Who are you? Or how you got to be who you are? Wow. Because when you begin to think about these things, you begin to realize that God has done some tremendous things in your life. You know, a lot of times, you know, it's kind of like, well, you ask me, do I look in the mirror, you know, and check out how I look before I go out? I hope so. That's all I'm saying, you know. Or, listen, have you wondered how it is that you got through all the things you have been through? Oh, come on now. I think sometimes we take those times and those things for granted. Think about it. How did I get through the things that I got through? Oh, glory to God. And you look back, you begin to think about what God has done. Hallelujah. But he wants to do so much more in our lives. So, in your notes, God has a higher purpose for our lives. He has a higher purpose for you. A higher purpose. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says this. Being confident of this very thing, that he which have begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's begun a good work in you, and he will perform it. He will continue it. This is what it says. The Living Bible says this. Listen to this. And I am sure that God who began the good work within you will keep right on helping you grow. Ooh, I like that. Come on. Keep right on helping you grow in, this, in his grace. Until his task within you is finished. Say finished. On that day when Jesus Christ returns. He's not finished with us yet. He's not finished with you yet. Come on now. Amen. Yes, he has a lot of work to do on me. 
I can't talk about you. Really on all of us. Am I right about that? Let's look at three D's in pressing towards the mark. Three D's in pressing towards the mark. Number one, have discipline. Have discipline. Stay focused. Wow. Have discipline. Stay focused. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the message Bible, we're dealing with this, that discipline in a long-distance race. How many have ever run track before or have done, you know, you've ran in in long-distance races? Yes. Man, I tell you what, when I ran track, I hated to run a mile. I was a sprinter, and I did not like to run run long distance. We had to run with them. And it's kind of like, we know, we had this course we had to run, and somehow halfway through the course, man, I got lost. I don't know what happened. I just ran back to the field. Man, I hated that, you know. And people say, man, you know, you can tell a, a difference between distance runners and sprinters. You see, distance runners, man, I tell you what, I mean, you know, they're really thin and, you know, they're just, because when they run, they run. And they ain't got nothing left. That's the way I see it, you know what I mean? They're just skinny. Come on now. I saw, come on. Now, we, we, we need distance runners on our track team. Am I right? But a lot of times when you see the sprinters, man, it's like, man, these guys, man, they're cut. I'm not saying that's me. You understand what I'm saying? But they're cut, you know. They got these abs, man, and they got these little bitty legs. <laughs> Want me to show you my legs? No, I'm just joking. But no, please. But they have these high calves. Sprinters and jumpers. That's, I'm, just, I'm just giving you a little. Okay. That's track and field 101. Okay, anyways, but let's just move on. Have Stay disciplined. Stay focused. Notice this, Hebrews 12, 1 says, keep your eyes on Jesus, on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. He put up with the cross, the shame, whatever. And then it says, and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Oh, hallelujah. He's our example. Can you say amen? It says right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in your notes, verse 25 through 27, this is our life is like a contest for a prize. How many have ever entered a contest for a prize? Come on, you can. You can raise your hand. That's all right. I mean, you know. It's okay to, to enter a contest for a prize. All right, let me just, I don't know. Am I supposed to raise my hand on that? Is that a bad thing? No, hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Notice what it says. To win the contest, you must deny yourselves many things that would keep you from doing your best. An athlete goes to all this trouble just to win a blue ribbon or a silver cup. But we do it for a heavenly reward that never disappears. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I fight to win. I'm not just shadow boxing or playing around. Ooh, I like that. It says here, like an athlete, I punish my body, treating it roughly, training it to do what it should, not what it wants to. Otherwise, I fear that after enlisting others for the race, I myself might be declared unfit in order to stand aside. Wow. We got work to do. Amen? 
Notice this in your notes. It says, it is not failure that makes or breaks a person, but how they respond to it. But how they respond to it. Here's something I want you to write, write down in your notes. This is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It's not in your notes. So I'm going to go ahead and give that to you. It says in the Amplified, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, let us, so that's speaking all of us, let us, it says, the fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help, and well-timed help coming just when you need it. Oh, I like that. Amen? And that's what happens when you and I go to the throne of grace. James said it this way, chapter 1, verse 25. He said, doers, we should be doers and not hearers only. Say only. It says this in the NIV, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law, that is the word of God, that gives freedom and continues, notice, continues to do this. Not a one time, but continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. He will be blessed in what he does. Blessed in what he does. Can you say amen? Let's go on to number two. Number two. What we're talking about tonight is push, press until something happens. And we said that we're going to look at three D's and pressing towards the mark. Number two is this. We must have determination. Determination. Family of God, we never give up. Regardless of how bad it looks, we never give up. Oh, remember. I tell you what, I, it reminds me of remember the Titans. Now, I have to tell you that that is probably my favorite movie. I just, clips, I see it, I mean, I'm talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, this whole scene just, right in front of me, you know? And this was the scene, man, I loved it. Right, right, when they finished, I mean, they finally came together. And this is the last practice. And they're sitting there, and they're doing all their calisthenics and all of that. And Coach Boone comes out, and he says to them, he says, what are you? They said mobile, agile. Come on, y'all know what he said? Hostile. Y'all know? Oh, y'all don't know it. Okay. All right. But listen. But then he said. Then he said. He said, "What is pain? French bread." Come on now. Y'all don't know. Okay. Then he said, "What is fatigue? Army clothes." Yep. No. Okay. Y'all need to get the movie. All right. Listen. Then he says this. I love this part. He says, will you ever quit? Yeah? Did you get that? He said, no. They said, no. You know what they said after that? We want some more. We want some more. We want some more. Now, do you remember that now? Well, I tell you what. I remember the Titans, okay? What am I saying? Family of God, we cannot quit. We cannot quit. Amen? All right. Well, that was just a moment. I'll be all right. Here we go. Proverbs. I'll tell you another scene. No, I'm just joking. I want to. Proverbs 24, verse 10. Our thought here is determination. Never give up. Say never. never. Say it twice. Never. Say it three times. Never, never, never. Amen? Never give up. 
Proverbs 24.10, the New Century Version says this, If you give up when trouble comes, it shows that you are weak. Wow. And then it says here in the International Children's Bible, it says, If you give up when trouble comes, it shows that you have very little strength. But I love, write this down in Psalms chapter 46, verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Amen? God is your refuge. He's your hiding place. He is our strength. He is a very present help in trouble. How many have ever been in trouble before? Now, come on now. Some of y'all didn't raise your hand, and I've been around here long enough. I know. Now, I'm just... Wow, I better stop. Okay, here we go. Here's another, here's, listen to this quote. It says, the ones that win in life are the ones that are willing to fight for what they want. Wow. Are we willing to fight? Or are we just going to give up? No, we're not. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor, say labor, is not in vain in the Lord. The Message Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, with all this going for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. We must throw ourselves into the work of the Lord. Give ourselves to the work of the Lord. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says we must fight the good fight of faith. As a believer, the only fight that you and I need to fight is the good fight of faith. We don't have to fight the devil. We don't. All we have to do is speak the word of God only. Come on. So, but we have to fight the good fight, and that good fight is a fight of faith. That's what we fight. And it goes on and says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. The New Century Version says this of the same reference, Fight the good fight of faith, grabbing hold of the life that continues forever. That's the eternal life. It says you were called to have that life when you confess the good confession before many witnesses. Here's another quote by Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays, an educator. He says, every man and woman is born into the world to do something unique and something distinctive. And if he or she does not do it, it'll never be done. Family of God, let me say this to every one of you here tonight, that God has called you to do a specific purpose in the kingdom of God. He has a purpose for your life. Now, you're here today. You're serving. You're serving. Many of you are. And you're working in Clovis you're, or even Friona or, you know, we can just continue to go, Texaco, Muleshoe. But God has a purpose for your life in the kingdom of God. And we must find out that purpose. We must pray. We must pursue. We must, we must seek God's face and find out what is my purpose in life. 
Lord, what have you called me to do? And once you find out what you have been called to do, then you do it with everything that's on the inside of you. And you trust God and you believe God and you don't turn back. Can you say amen? Oh, yes, you'll have some bumps in the road. You'll have some issues. You'll have some people that like you and don't like you. But what, does that matter? I said, does that matter? You know, I always tell people this. You know, I, I mean, I want everybody to like me, but I know everybody's not going to like me. But I like me. You say, oh, I can't believe he said that. I'll say it again. Seriously. You know, I believe that God likes me. And since he likes me, I like me. I'm in good company. Don't look at me like that. Don't you like yourself? Well, I like you. So if no one has told you today that they like you, I'm telling you, I like you. But seriously, gang, we have to realize that we have a purpose that God has called us to do here upon the earth. And a lot of times what happens is this. Because we don't like who we are, we don't like where we came from, we don't like what we have, it stops us from moving forward and doing what God has called us to do. Can you say amen? I will tell you this, that if you had, uh, many of you, of course, I'm not the only one that has grown up in poverty. I have grown up in poverty. Grew up in the inner city. And really, we, we, it was just tough. It was hard. I mean, you know, it's like coming home, and some of you maybe never experienced this, some of you probably have, but coming home, and for me, you know, and then looking in the refrigerator, and there's nothing in the refrigerator. And I open it up, and there's, there's a pitcher of water and a stick of butter. Are you listening to me? What are you going to do? Are you going to give up? No. All right? Now, I didn't like it, but I had friends. Come on. And I knew where they live. So what I did, I went to go visit them. That's what I did. All right? Now, I could have stayed there and pouted and said I have nothing to eat, but, oh, I didn't do that, man. I was hungry. So I'm just telling you, there's things that you have to do to improvise. I grew up, of course. Now, I don't know if any of you looking at me since I'm such a nice guy, but I grew up, I tell you, I was a bully. I know I don't look like one now, do I? I oh, you're not going to answer that. Okay, I grew up, but that's okay. But I grew up a bully. Man, I tell you, I got in trouble all the time. I mean, I remember when I was in junior high. I shared this with you before, but man, you know, all that karate stuff was out, you know, and man, I could do backflips and all that stuff. For real, I could do that stuff. Jump pretty high and kick and everything. And I took karate. I did. You, no. <laughs> No, no, no. Who said that? Are you kidding? That is no temptation. I'll tell you that right now. But, man, I tell you what. So here I am in junior high and being a bully. And, man, I hate to admit it. I used to take people's lunch money. Yep, that was me. Okay. All right. But I never made America's Most Wanted. So that's all right. I'm just letting you know that right now. Okay. But I was. I'm not now. Don't look at me like that. Okay, all right. I'm going to have to talk to some of y'all after service anyways. But, man, I remember one time my buddy and I, man, he's, he's, you know, I'm trying to tell him the teacher's coming, and he just, you know, is doing all this karate stuff and beating this kid up. I said, man, hey, teacher's coming, the teacher's coming. He didn't pay me no money. He was into it, man. And, you know, I don't know if you remember, but these big old boots, you know, we call them brogans. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, big old boots. And this guy was a big old dude, man. He's coming. All of a sudden, my buddy, he's a little skinny guy. But, man, I tell you, you know, just legs and arms. That's all he was. And this teacher came up and took his foot. Man, and whap. I mean, right up. You know what I'm saying. So what happened was 
Man, he jumped up. Boy, I tell you what. And the next thing I know, oh, my gosh, he's in, you know, he's in back in those days, you know. He went to the nurse's office, you know, and had an ice pack on his head. I don't know what happened. You know, I tried to warn him. You know, I don't know what the teacher did to him. But all I know, he was laying on the, on, you know, I know we can't do that today, you know. You just can't beat kids up today. You're going to jail. Back then, you got away with it. Okay, anyways, you know, uh, come on now. That's what would happen. And then not only that, but I'll tell you a story. This is the last story I'm going to tell you about me being a bully because some of y'all, that's all you're going to remember this whole service. It's, man, I can't believe Pastor Rick was a bully. But I remember, you know, and I know it's none of, none of y'all here because you didn't move from Holyoke, Massachusetts. You are not here. None of y'all from Holyoke, okay? So that's all right. So I know you But I remember I chased this kid home one time. Man, I just picked on him all the time. And I believe his mama said, you know what you do? Son, you get you a brick. Get an equalizer. You know, and, and, you, and, and when, he, when, when he chases you, you just put that brick right in the stairwell where, you know, when you come in, in the apartment there and open up that door, and when he comes, man, you just hit him with a brick. Well, I didn't know that. I wasn't in that conversation. You understand that. I'm talking about purpose, okay, because my purpose has changed. Hello. Okay, y'all liking this too much. But see, what happened is, man, so I ran. I, I did this every day. That's a shame. Every day. I know. I feel bad about it even now talking about it, you know. But every day. And I ran. And, man, I opened up the door. He ran up the stairs. And when I, you know, I jumped up, I went up the flight of stairs. Man, I said, ha. Ah. He said, bam. The <laughs> next thing you know, I was like, oh. You know, I fell out. Man, that blood running all down my head and everything like that. That was the last time I picked on him. The last time. <laughs> what you clapping for? I'm the one that I hit in the head. I can't believe that. Okay. Well, can I tell you one more story? Man, I need to, I still need a lot of prayer. I'm telling you that right now. I'm not a bully, though. I'll tell you that. But I remember this one time I picked on this kid coming home from school, and he had a bunch of dogs, big dogs, and I would chase him home. And I believe that his parents told him, you know, next time he picks on you, you just go ahead and bring those dogs to the school, you know. And sick him on him. Yeah. Well, that's what he did. And here I am, you know. All I know, I see all these dogs. To me, it was a lot of dogs. It's probably probably three, but you know, at the most, big dogs. And I didn't know if they was playing. I didn't know if they was trying to bite me. I don't know. I was scared. And I'm up in a little ball, and, and the dogs I thought was biting me and everything like that. So that's why you know today that I do not have I do not have any dogs in my house. You understand that? I don't hate dogs. All I know is that, listen, if you have a dog, good. Take care of your dogs. But I do not have any dogs in my house. Uh, not that I'm afraid of dogs. I just learned a lesson. Don't mess with dogs. Okay? So, but what is my purpose? My purpose was not to continue to be a bully all my life. Come on now. I mean, that's just way too much over there. Really, what happened, gang, is the Lord changed my life. Come on. All right, so we don't go around beating people up. We don't. I don't. Don't look at me like that. But I do remember when we got here, we played basketball. I have to tell you this story. Oh, man. Yeah. And, I, you know, Betty would not go to basketball games with me because she said, man, y'all just too rough. Y'all supposed to be Christians. Now, I'm saved now. 
And yeah, come on. So I talked her into coming to a game. She came to the game. We're playing, man. I'm telling you what, I go up because, you know, I, well, a few years ago, I could really jump. You know, I could really jump. And I went up for a rebound, and this guy came and took my legs out from underneath me. Boom! From the church. This church. Yeah, Faith Christian Family Church. No, it wasn't you, Danny. I ain't talking about you. I wouldn't have told a story if it was you, brother, because you're sitting right there. You know what I mean? But, no, it wasn't you. I guarantee it wasn't you, okay? So what happened was, it's the last story, I guarantee it. So I'm laying on the ground, and I'm thinking, oh, no. And I got up, and I don't know if it was the blood flowing. I don't know what it was. But I told Betty, when I got up, and I started, I had one foot in front of the other. And this man was standing probably about, maybe about five feet away. It could have been more than that. And when I took the first step, it said, I, somehow I heard, don't do it. And when I took the next step, I heard, do it. <laughs> so I'm walking towards him, and it says, don't do it, do it, don't do it. And when I got to him, it said, do it. <laughs> All I know is I gave him a forearm, boom, and he went flying up in the air, bam, hit the ground. I said, I'm out. <laughs> Foul, I'm out. Unlaced my shoes and sat down. I don't do that no more. Because I don't play basketball no more. I know better. I don't play basketball, softball. I'm just too stinking competitive. I like to win. I'm a poor loser. Don't look at me like that. Okay. Purpose. Say purpose. Determination. We just can't go out hurting people. Amen? Now, I figure you agree with that. All right, number three. Number three, we're talking about the three Ds and pressing toward the mark. Gang, let's finish up with this. We must have direction, direction in our lives. In other words, what does it take to move forward? I want to move forward. I don't want to stay where I'm at. How about you? No, we want to move forward. All right. So moving forward involves a change of attitude. What we must do now is check up on our attitude. What kind of attitude do we have? Lou Holtz said this. Of course, many remember him as being the head coach of Notre Dame. But he said, ability is what you're capable of doing. Motivation determines what you do. But attitude determines how well you do it. Family of God. Attitude. Our attitude determines how well we serve the Lord. Our attitude determines how well we love one another. Our attitude will determine if we're going to get through the tough times or not. Come on now. We have to have the right attitude in dealing, in dealing with issues of life. A healthy attitude that is, is one that is of qualities that Jesus portrayed. And I believe this in Philippians 2.5 in your notes. This is what it says. It says, let this same Attitude, say attitude, and purpose and humble, it says, mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Then what was in him? Listen, Jesus demonstrated how we can be selfless, not selfish. He demonstrated how that he was secure in the Lord and his heavenly father. He demonstrated how he was submissive to God. These are qualities that every one of us can have in living the life, pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. Philippians 4.13. I love what it says in the message. Whatever I have, 
Wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Glory to God. So no matter where you are, family of God, no matter what you're going through, whatever you have, wherever you are, you can make it through anything in the one who makes you who you are. That's God the Father. Can you say amen? So moving forward involves stepping. Say stepping. Now moving forward involves stepping out of our comfort zone. Now how many of you know you've got comfort zones? Yeah. Yeah. You know, for some, you say, man, I, I don't have a problem, you know, getting up here and, and singing in the praise and worship team. Those who are on the praise and worship team, right? But if you're not on the praise and worship team, you're like, oh, I don't know about that, man. I'll be stepping out of my comfort zone. You see, Pastor Eric, no problem. See, Pastor Eric can sing. He can preach. He can teach. See, I'm just going to stick to this right here, okay, because that's out of my comfort zone. But what happens a lot of times is if people say, I heard something back there. That's all right. I heard you sing too. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. But you know what happens a lot of times when people, when the Lord has said, listen, here's what, here's what I'm, I'm asking you to do. Here's the great commission that we go out and we make disciples. Oh, Lord, you know, I can't do that. Now I'm out of my comfort zone. Am I supposed to lead somebody to the Lord? Yes. You mean I'm supposed to pray with somebody? Yes. Wow. How am I going to do that? Not, not by yourself, with God on your side. But we have to step out of our comfort zone. Well, that's just not like me. Well, now, listen, you've been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. Come on now. Those old things are passed away. Amen? So we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Isn't that right? So now what we have to do is get out of this comfort zone and stop saying that I can't do this and I can't do that. And believe God. Trust God. God will put that desire in your heart. As we delight ourselves in him, he'll place that desire in our hearts. What we have to do is begin to seek him for that desire to come, to delight ourselves in him. And then he'll give us the ability. He'll give us the anointing. He'll give us everything we need to step out, out of this comfort zone and do what he's called us to do. Now, you know, it's just not ministering the word, but even if it's like, man, you know, hospitality, giving yourself to hospitality. People say, man, I sure love going over people's houses. I love, man, when they... I'm not talking about you, Pastor Eric. But I just remember when I look at him when he said last time. You know, he said, man, I... Man, whew, don't, no, I ain't going to say what you said, but anyway. So he said, don't say it. But listen, hospitality. You know, some people are just given the hospitality. I mean, they want everybody in the whole city over their house. I have to work on that, too. Don't look at me like that. Now, let me ask you, honestly, how many of you say, you know what, that's me. I have the gift of hospitality. Let me see your hand. Come on, raise it higher. Is that just a few? Okay, we need all of y'all on the hospitality team. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, really. If, you know, really, what I'm saying is, truthfully, that is something that you, you do, something that you enjoy doing. But for someone who's not used to that, because someone says, man, and we fuss over our homes, we fuss, this got to be right, that got to be right, and everything like that. Come on now. Am I right about that? So guess what? Then we never have anybody over. So chill out, man. That's what I'm saying. You know, get out of the comfort zone and just, just be who God has called you to be. And just love people. And have fun serving God. And don't be so hard on yourself. 
Come on. You miss it, go to God and ask God, God, I need help here. I need help. And you know what he said he'll do? He'll help you. Am I right about that? That's what he said. Then in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, you know it. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Come on. But in all your ways, do what? Acknowledge him. See, that's stepping out of your comfort zone. In other words, when, when we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we lean not to our own understanding, then we have to step out of our comfort zone. Say, well, it doesn't look like that. Well, no, it doesn't matter how it looks, but God says, don't lean to your own understanding. What did he say? Acknowledge me, trust in me, and what's going to happen? Direction will come. And then he's going to order your steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord as we, as we trust God. Our attitude, family of God, it dictates our performance. So we must check up on our attitude because, our, because our, our, our attitude will determine our altitude. Come on now. If we have the right attitude, whether we come into work, you know, and it's like, oh, we're just grumpy. We're just mad all the time. Then guess what? Either the fo- those folks around you are going to be grumpy and mad or no one's going to be around you. No, they just don't want to be around you. I'm not talking about you, you know, you, you know what I mean? Because none of you are grumpy or mad. I want to clarify that. I said, Pastor Reese is talking about me. He said, call me grumpy and mad. No, I didn't. All right? What I'm saying is this. We have to check up on our attitude. Am I right about it? Amen? Then, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 16, it says this. But we, that's you and I, we must keep going in the direction that we are now headed. We must keep going. We must continue family of God. Man, we have so much work to do here in this community. We have so much to do, and I believe in little time to do it. And it's going to take every one of us to come together and use all of our giftings and our talents and our abilities that God has put in us to go and to change our community. Can you say amen? But that doesn't mean that, you know, that you, know, well, you say, well, I'm not, I'm not good at that. Well, find something that you're good at and begin to put your hands to it and make it happen. Because whatever you're not good at, someone else might be good at. Can you say amen? And then when we come together, then we're able to do great things for the kingdom of God. Now, notice this also in your notes. Our attitude reflects a determination to rejoice regardless of the situation. Oh, man, we can take a heavy dose in this. I know I can. Because regardless of the situation, we choose to rejoice. We must make a choice to rejoice regardless of the situation. But you just don't know. You just don't know how hard it is to go to work. You just don't know where I live. You just don't know. I I don't know. But I know this, that you and I have to make a choice. We're either going to rejoice or we're just going to be sad. Mad, gloomy. Come on now. All right? What we have to do is to continue to rejoice. And the Bible says, and again I say, rejoice. Even when we don't feel like being happy. Look in the mirror, even if you've got to take your fingers and move your mouth and smile. Be happy. No, seriously. You know, because I'm telling you, gang, what's going to happen is this. You know, and time after time, you just continue to walk around and we're just gloomy and we're just sad and we're just mad all the time. It begins to affect us physically. 
mentally, I mean emotionally, you know. And then all of a sudden we, get, we go into depression. And we don't want to be around anybody. We don't want to do anything for the kingdom of God. That is not God's design for our lives. He wants us to rejoice regardless of whatever comes our way. Rejoice regardless of what people say. Just rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. Can you say amen? So there is a victory, family of God, for each of us. There's a victory for each of us if we face every day with the attitude of this. Here's the attitude that we're going to move forward no matter what it costs me. I'm going to move forward. This is my attitude. I'm going to move forward regardless of what happens around me. And then the last verse I give you, it's not in your notes, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. It says, but thanks be to God. Come on, say thanks be to God. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? He's given you and I the victory. Now it's time for us to act like it. Now it's time for us to rejoice. Now it's time for us to say thank you, Lord. Regardless of what has happened behind me, I'm going to push I'm going to press until something happens in my life. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Let's rejoice. Come on. Stand up. Let's rejoice. Stand up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I don't know what you're dealing with, what you're going through, but we're going to rejoice for just a moment. Pastor, can you just something rejoicing? Yeah. Just, yeah. Do that. Now think about what are you believing for? How many are believing for God to do something, something in your life? Oh, hallelujah. All right. Now what if I were to tell you if by faith you began to rejoice, by faith if you began to speak right now, claim right now what you're believing God for, and you began to act like it, you began to rejoice, you claimed it as yours, that you'll receive it. Okay, there was about four or five. Let me try this. I didn't hear nothing over here at all. Oh, did you say something? Whatever. Okay, anyways. That's my wife. I can, you know, yeah, I'm going to get it. Anyways, all I'm saying is this. Family of God, many hands went up. This is a time to rejoice. We're going to take a couple of minutes and just rejoice. Listen, just believe God. I want you to begin to see and, and, and say to yourself, God, I'm believing you for this. I'm believing you for that. And you use and exercise your faith. And then now you claim it. You call it into being right now. Come on, right now. Come on, you call it into being right now. I want you to say it. Say it even under your breath. Father God, I thank you. And you claim exactly what you're believing for. You lay hold of it. That's right. Right now, in the name of Jesus, you speak it out. You say it's yours. Say it's mine. Come on. Say it's mine. I claim it right now. It's mine in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, whatever it may be, it may be financial. It may be physical. It may be direction for your life. Whatever it may be. Now, claim that. Receive that. And now, let's rejoice about it. Come on. Let's thank God that you have it right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, you're taking over all of me, I'm letting go so you can come and have your way in me.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Rejoice. We're going to forget. Come on. We're going to forget and we're going to press. Amen. Forget those things behind us and we are going to press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, push. Say, look at your other neighbor and say, push. Press until something happens. Amen. Now, here's how we're going to close. Those of you that are here tonight and you want prayer, whether it's salvation, rededication, you want someone to agree with you, and anything else that you need, we want you to know that we'll be down here in the front. I want to encourage you to come on down. God loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to meet your every need. Is that right, church? Come on. Sure he does. Praise God. We'll be right down here after service here. Also, what I want you to do is remember, Friday night, come on out. We have a, a guest speaker, Brother David Husky. He is a blessing. Betty and I, we've known him from Rama, And, man, he's a good friend of ours, as well as Pastor Swan and Miss Roxanne's. And come on out on Friday night, Sunday morning. You will enjoy him so much. As you go out, shake a few hands and tell someone else, push. Now, come on down, family of God. Those of you who are wanting to... to to wanting prayer for anything that you need come on down you are dismissed praise God come on down you want prayer salvation rededication or someone to agree with you in prayer God bless you have a great evening amen